0: This is Brian Bailey, Chief Marketing and Experience Officer with Metro Inclusive Health. You're listening to Inclusivity and Beyond, subjects that impact the health and wellness of our community. to Inclusivity and Beyond, a podcast with Metro Inclusive Health. Today is Friday, April 17th, and this is the second installment of Love and Sex in the Age of Coronavirus. This week we are talking about coping for couples. Yes, we're talking about that person you have to hence spend 24-7 with all the time now. And When it becomes a situation where squeezing the toothpaste from the middle of tube is a little bit more annoying than normal, we are here to help. Um, I am Brian (laughs) Bailey, Chief Marketing Experience Officer with Metro Inclusive Health. I am here with Prashard Williams, who's the Lead of Prevention and Sexual Health, and Laura Rosenbluth, our Director of Behavioral Health. How are you guys doing? Oh, well, another, ex- yeah. another exciting Friday night uh, hanging out on uh, Zoom Live together. Uh, yeah, I guess that's what the world has come to, right? Yes so, the topic is uh, coping with couples, and I wanted to jump into it, but I wanted to start out with reading a headline from Bloomberg, uh, March 31st headline from Bloomberg Business Week in a paragraph. Headline China's divorce spike is a warning to rest of the lockdown world. Um, Although China publishes nationwide statistics on divorce only annually, media reports from various cities show uncoupling surged in March as couples began emerging from weeks of government mandated lockdowns intended to stop the spread of the novel coronavirus. Incidents of domestic violence also multiplied. The trend may be an ominous warning for you couples in the U.S. and elsewhere who are in the early stages of isolating at home. In absence of the heart growing fonder, the opposite might be true. Much time spent together in two close quarters. So, um, Laura, I kind of wanted to like get your opinion on that. Here we are. We're alone together. We're not only just alone together all the time, we're locked in our confined spaces together. There's fear of losing a job, or there may be a situation where someone has lost their job. There's fear of getting sick. The stress is multiplied umpteen million times in this sort of situation. Communications, communications, communications. Where do people break down in situations of stress like this, couples?
1: Fabulous question. So couples are used to being familiar. Couples are used to using quick ways to communicate with each other. Um, I can say, hey, honey, and my partner can tell the difference between a loving, hey, honey, and a, "and a, hey, honey. You know, I mean, hey, honey can have multiple meanings. So mm-hmm. we pay a lot of attention in partner relationships to our very our subtext of what we're saying. So not just what we're saying, but how we're saying it. And right now, we sort of always default in times of stress to... Um, shorthand. <laughs> so we're not consciously thinking about being extra patient, being extra um, aware of explaining ourselves. You know, when I said this, I meant this other thing, but it kind of came out wrong and da da da. The brain it goes to tunnel vision when we're stressed. Um, and I think all of our brains, to some extent, we've all experienced some irritability, some short temperedness, some just worry um, is part of our daily life now. And that makes people default to, that shorthand, which can be not as patient, not as sensitive, not as uh, communicative as we would have in the first couple of months of our relationship.
0: Right. The first couple of months, right? So those of us who have been in it for a long time, it becomes a little, you know, I mean, there is that proverbial taking someone for granted just because they're around you so many times, right? And, you know, mm-hmm. so for me, and I, I don't know about you, Prashard, and relationships, but I, you know, to me, self-realization, uh, right, is a big mm-hmm. part of that, especially these situations. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. last week was my second week from working from home, and I found myself just irritated by everything, you know? I was like, I had too many windows open on my computer. I got Ooh. too many messages on Slack, and, and you know, mm-hmm. and, and the first person, the first person that's going to hear it from me is the person who is so easy to take it to, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so how do you step out of that?
2: And, you know, Brian, it's so funny because as, as Laura was talking, I was like, well, oh, I feel like I'm going into my therapy hour right now. <laughs> She's talking about me. And, and then you asked the question, and I am. I'm, I'm that partner. I was already that partner. So before working from home, I was that partner that would wake up in the morning and just everything just irritated me because he's gone to work and I have to deal with this before I go. So every little thing is a thing. Um, and what I'm finding now is that I have to take time to really break away from the space that I live in, that I'm doing everything in now, um, because before this was the space that I wanted to be in all the time, so, you know, I'd be at work, and I'd be like, man, I can't wait I get home, I got these Netflix shows I have to watch, you know, I got this, uh, this good book I was going to read, There was so many things that I wanted to do in this space, but now <laughs> I'm working in this space, I'm doing all of those amazing things that I always wanted to do when I was at work. But then it affects him as well because he still leaves and goes to work. So he works in retail. He works at Walmart. So he's out getting his time out, but he's coming back home to this irritable (laughs) partner of his. So I take walks with the dog. I try to spend time outside of the home to separate me from the space that I'm spending so much time in. Take a long walk sometimes um, to just enjoy other things besides what's in the house. And it's working. A
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and that's so funny, right? Because we all think, oh, it would be great to work from home. It's you know, I mean, don't have to worry about all the commute and all this other kind of stuff. And then um, it almost becomes overwhelming. You know, what I found is like for me, it became really hard to disconnect at the time I should have. You know, so like I'm up in the morning. I'm my computer is sitting at my home office desk that I've made up to get through this. So I might as well check my email. And then, you know, in the evening time where I may have, um, you know, uh, walked away from it, and and maybe I looked at my phone, well, guess what, that computer is still set up at that desk, that laptop that I've got at home. Mm -hmm. And right before, right at the end of the day, before I go to bed, which I know is a no-no, I'm going to go back and look at that screen and see what's going on. And now, you know, here I am sort of trapped in this. So how do you avoid those sort of things? You know, I mean, is there is there, do you have, I mean, we talk about, you hear a lot about, don't um, mess up, keep a routine. Don't mess mm-hmm. up your routine, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, does that really help? And what are the, the ways you can really stay with a routine?
2: Well, for me, I, I try to compartmentalize. Like, you know, I was saying, I try to separate from the house. So I try to separate rooms, believe it or not. Um, right before we started the the video, I came into my den because this is like a whole different environment for me. So the changes of scenery is almost like, oh, I went somewhere. <laughs> oh, it's like I get dressed to go into the living room, you know, for happy hour after work at five, you know, and that's what I have to settle for. And that works for me for right now.
0: Right, and I, I-, I was, go ahead, Laura.
1: I was thinking the same thing, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of both things you're saying. The, the checking, oh, well, I'll just check my email because it's next to my other email, you know, icon, and I can just peek, right? And so, and so that's one thing. But the other thing, just in terms of physical separation that I've had to do for myself, is when I'm sitting at my desk and I'm working here, then I'm at work. And at other times of the day, and, and I have this luxury, thank goodness, I don't come in this room this is my workspace now it is it, it's a second bedroom it's an office that i you know do teletherapy and and i don't come in here um anymore now that i'm here all the time <laughs> um, Right, and that helps it's a psychological separation we have to have that yeah i have to have that
0: yeah and uh, you know i was thinking to myself that um you know this is a very unique situation where all are and whether we have never really experienced this and as couples or, you know, parents and, and, um, and relationships. Normally we're only with each other for a few hours a day, you know, and now here we are forced into this situation where we're, we're with each other um, for a very long time. And, and around that person, how do you avoid that breakdown? I mean, you know, and if, you know, what is that? Where do you, what is the point of self-realization? Like I'm, I'm, a, I'm approaching a breaking point. I need to realize this before it affects the person that I'm with. Any mm-hmm. thoughts on that, Laura?
1: Yes. <sighs> um, as a matter of fact, uh, lower your expectations. It's a yeah. like funny thing to say, but it's true. Lower your expectations of yourself. Lower your expectations of your partner, your children, if you have them. Because now is not a time when any of us are at our best. And if I'm expecting myself to be kind and sweet to my partner all the time, it's unrealistic. It's just simply unrealistic now because we are irritable that there's too many windows open on our computer or there's too many buzzings and too many needs. And we don't have all of the equipment that we normally have at work or we don't have a work to go to. This is the time to, to increase the patience and decrease the level of expectation that we hold ourselves to in our romantic partnerships and it's also a time first and foremost to do that with ourselves
0: how how does one increase and that's an interesting term increase your patience how does one accomplish something like that that sounds like a daunting task is there an exercise is there a tip or there mind thoughts you can have how does that work Yeah, my partner does a great
2: job with it. He tests them all the time. If he just keeps testing them, they have to keep growing, right?
1: (laughs) So there's a couple of things that I recommend. One of the things that um, is really helpful for a lot of people and even for me, um, I do deep breathing. The nice thing about deep breathing is I can do it and I could be doing it right here with you all looking at me and nobody would ever know. But Mm -hmm. I can just take a deep breath in slowly, slowly, slowly. And hold it and then take a deep breath out. There's something about controlling how our sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems work together. That when we slow our diaphragm, when we slow our breathing, it relaxes us. And I use it so I can vouch for it. Mm-hmm. The other thing is to do a body scan. Um, and just quickly what that is, is scanning from your, your scalp muscles to your facial muscles, your shoulders, your torso, your legs, all the way down to your toes and scanning for what's tense in our body, what muscle, where are we, where are we feeling this, um, irritability working up the impatience, the, um, anger, even, um, anxiety, where do we feel it building up and to focus on relaxing that. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, sitting here, I'm sitting here like this, but my shoulders drop when I think about, Oh, how am I, how am I not relaxing Mm -hmm. now? Mm -hmm. Um, naming things, um, when we name things that are That foods that start with M uh, and we focus on something in particular, naming the items that we're looking at in the room, even folders, computer, picture, paper, calculator, that takes us out of our emotional selves and into our uh, intellectual selves, our cognitive. And that helps um, take the emotion out of it, because really what we want to do when we're getting worked up is to take the emotion out of it and see more clearly. And we can do that when we change our thoughts.
0: So that's interesting. So it's really about um, really recognizing, I guess, you know, t- taking in the surroundings. Is, is there a way to recognize the triggers? Like, you know, because, you know, I always feel like I'm, I'm already immediately at that point of aggravation. <laughs> you know, like, is there a way to avoid getting to that point or those like those early warning signs that, hey, uh, I need to stop and take a break a little bit?
1: Part of it is schedule. Um, if you schedule breaks for yourself
0: and you So that whole routine idea.
1: routine, the self-care, make yourself go outside. You might not feel like you need to go outside and have a change of scenery, but you might need to do it anyways. You know, it's like kids when you, you can watch them getting worked up, we're no different. We're just in bigger bodies. The other piece is uh, a lot of people practice a mantra or a, um, a calming saying to themselves throughout the day. That can be helpful. Um, you know, I am patient and kind. Or whatever your mantra is, you know, if it's about your partner, maybe it's unpatient and forgiving. If it's about yourself, you know, right. a lot of preventive stuff. You know, sometimes you can't see it coming and it just happens. And that's okay, too. Right now it's happening to a lot of us. Myself oh, yeah. included.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, shard, are you saying that you're still home alone part of the day?
2: Yeah, I am. Um, and, and I think that works well for us also. You know, we still have that separation. So I have time to miss him. You know, um, I have time to, you know, do my Wonder Woman spin and turn into that, you know, loving, (laughs) welcoming partner before he walks in the door instead of the one that was just like, you know, all crazy just before five o'clock is.
0: Right. Do you find that being alone, even though you're working from home, that's impacted your relationship in in any way? Um, Do you miss the idea of going out and having your own break from the apartment? Absolutely. So, (laughs) yeah.
2: Um, so, moving here, relocating from Orlando just a year and a half ago, um, I realized there was a, a big change in my social interactions, of course, because a lot of my friends were still in Orlando. Um, and I took for granted the new relationships that I had established here in St. Petersburg, and I feel like this is almost uh, my lesson here, uh, and because there were so many times where friends would reach out and say, hey, come on out, let's go downtown, and I'd be like, oh, you no, know, I've gotten so used to being in the house now. And, you know, I'm just going to stay here and just watch my Netflix, or you know, find something to do in the home because uh, now I just changed my interactions like that. And it's like now I long for somebody to I say, know. "Downtown is open. Let's make it." You know? Yeah,
0: I. It's the same way. Uh, Dexter has always been much. Dexter, my partner, has always been much more of the social uh, after hours person, I've been fine to like, you know, I'm I'm good going out once or twice a week and that's enough for me. Uh, twice a week is pushing it sometimes, but now I'm like, I'm just desperate to see my friends. And, you know, the, you know, and that's, uh, the other thing is, is I've never realized how important the physical contact between other people outside of your partnerships is right. You know, being able to hug a friend, being able to, uh, sharing those conversations, to cheer that glass, to, you know, raise a toast to something. <laughs> I sort of feel like that contributes to the stress, that contributes yes. to the stress of couples because you don't have those third parties mm-hmm. that are so important to balance it out. Is that a real thing or is that just in my head?
1: It's real for me. Um, <laughs> me too. <laughs> you know, I, I don't go out a whole lot, but I sure miss seeing those faces Mm-hmm. And the smiles and hugs I get from people, mm-hmm. it's like the, the feeling of not being able to, I'm stuck. I can't, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't go up and hug somebody. And mm-hmm. it, it, yeah, it's, I think it's very real. Um, mm-hmm. I miss people. I miss just seeing different things. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm a person, I like variety and mm-hmm. I just, I want to go eat different foods and see different, you know, restaurant interiors. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I miss right. it. I miss it a lot.
0: So on that, you know, the the thing about that, you know, and it is very, um, it's perplexing because when you think about where this is going, um, you know, even social uh, distancing, which I I prefer to say physical distancing, social distancing is a little harsh, Mm -hmm. uh, but distancing um, from others is flattening the curve. We're doing our part, right? Until we really sort of understand how this pandemic Uh, or this COVID, or react in warmer weathers, or if it will be seasonal, or if there's even a vaccine, how do we prepare ourselves for the things always being different for just a little bit longer, even if we can still go in public? You know, I keep on thinking in my mind, restaurants are going to skip a table. Right. You know, the bar, your bar stools, you're going to have to two bar stools empty between every couple or something like that. You know, how do we prepare ourselves for something like that? I mean, this is no, there's no experience like this for any of us. So is it just that we'll be so starved for attention that every, anything will do? Or is it a situation where we really are going to have to learn that self-control, self-realization for longer periods of time? Hmm. Tough question, right? Well, <laughs> when you think about it, because I sort of think I, I, I you know, for me, um, you know, one of my great relationships is with my mother and, um, you know, FaceTime has been a great tool, uh, especially because if I have to help her figure out how to add a, a channel on her smart TV, I've showed her how to use the, the reverse function on the, <laughs> on the phone camera so she can take me around the room. Right. Um, but, you know, I still think my mother's almost 80 years old. I, you know, even if this slows down, I could be one of those asymptomatic people. I, you know, I got to mm-hmm. still work with it, you know. Mm-hmm. So what we're going through now is sort of tip of the iceberg. How do we prepare ourselves for always being things a little different for a while? Wow.
2: So for me, I, I, it goes back to Laura's suggestion and I'm finding myself doing that more and more of lowering my expectations because I just don't want to be disappointed in, in mm-hmm. thinking that this is going to be over, you know, next week or, you know, we're going to be right back, you know, ready for beach day, you know, coming up in June. it's just so many things I look forward to in the summertime, um, you know, so I just... Take it, you know, like, for instance, um, like you said, FaceTime. My mom isn't the best with technology either, but we've worked it out now where we can get all the family on, like, this Google Duo thing, and I found myself so excited just to see everyone, and that's just going to have to do for right now until I, you know, until we know that something's going to be better.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm finding myself not tuning in to the predictions, mm. because they're they're just guesses um you know I mean it, somebody I know had COVID and was sick and is recovered and at right. the time said to me you can hug me I can't get it again and you you know you I can't give it to you because I'm I'm but guess what now we don't know if that's true yeah
0: we don't so, know if it's true right I'm yeah.
1: glad I didn't hug you know but uh, we just don't know and and I I think I think there's a healthy level of denial, like you're saying, for sure, you don't even want to think about beach day because it's yeah. not how we don't know. I just try to keep to somewhat of a normal routine and spice it up a little bit when I can. Um, mm-hmm. As much variety as is possible now.
0: Right. Um, well, I'm going to get to spice it up in a little bit because that is we'll get back to the couple such subject in a minute. Um, but one of the things that, you know, um, and I think I kind of mentioned this earlier is missing those uh, couple friends or the group of friends that people have. So Dexter and I have uh, now started doing uh, Friday night happy hours so via Zoom with our close friends. We just get on for a couple of cocktails and we chat for a while and and that's it. And, you know, um You know, we live in such a fast-paced, news bite, news-cycle world that it's really interesting how fast things become the new normal. So, you know, I mean, you you sit there and you think, this is the new normal now. How do we adjust to the new normal that's next? How do we go on? And, you know, um, I think as as humans, we're pretty resilient in many, many ways. um, And we do adjust and adapt. But what is, you know, do we feel that there's any sort of long-term um, impact this will happen, have on us as individuals or as a society, um, as, as social individuals? And will it be better or will it be worse? Who knows? Or, or does it matter, you know? And, and will we overcome?
2: If I can. So I think, um, in my opinion, I think it's a double-edged sword. So I feel that in, on one end it's going to have a negative impact to where we may not interact the same anymore. You know, for example, Laura was saying how her friend had just recovered, Um, you know, but of course, in the back of our minds, we're like, okay, you've recovered, but is it really still safe? Because there's so much denial out there. There's so many things that we think we know that we don't know it anymore. Um, So even when the country opens back up again, um, you know, people are going to be hesitant to, to come back out. People are going to be hesitant to take their kids to the park again and, and let uh, their, their children's friends come over and, and do sleepovers and stuff. Um, but to me, on the positive side, and maybe it's just for me, uh, this new territory of um, ways to connect with one another, um, ways to kind of just cope with these changes that, that are upon us right now. Um, And I think that it's beautiful that we have the ability, we are such resilient people that we can adapt in a way, you know? So it's like, yeah, this is happening, but we're going to find a way around this somewhere.
0: You know, it's funny. Did you want to say something more? You want to add on that? I do. I
1: just want to add, I do think this is going to change us. And while any of us can guess as to how it is, but how it will change us. I do think that we've learned to expect the unexpected and that comes with a lot of different layers to it. And I think it's going to look different for each of us, but this was truly unexpected. Um, truly unexpected. On so many levels. And I mean, who expected a pandemic?
0: Yeah. Well, you know? it's, it's funny because my, uh, my partner is Asian uh, from the Philippines, and the very first, and I was there for the holidays. It was beginning of December, and the very first time I heard about this was his sister came to pick us up at the Airbnb we were staying on, and she says, have you heard about this new virus that is happening out of China? There's this big uh, thing called the coronavirus. And of course, my first reaction was, you mean like the beer? <laughs> I think we all get Yeah, we all had that same reaction, right? Yeah, sort of thing. But the the interesting thing is she was explaining it, and I thought to myself way back then, I was like, wow, that's kind of scary. I wonder what will happen. And then all of a sudden, months later, guess what? Here it is, and the whole world is being impacted by it. You know, and I I think we're talking a lot about how it changes us, um, and a lot of it is uncomfortable. I won't say it's scary. It's uncomfortable to think how it will change in many ways but what are like the, you know, are the, the upsides, you know, it was interesting is Dr. Fauci, who's been uh, really, really amazing through all of this, the voice of reason a lot of times and, and mm-hmm. made us all feel really better. Even will, even when the news is a little scary, but he said something a couple of days is kind of controversial. We should probably never shake hands again, you know, mm-hmm. sort of thing, you know, which was a bold statement, but then it sort of broke down the idea of, uh, You know, if we didn't shake hands together, we'd probably eliminate a lot of flu cases (laughs) every year and all those other things, right, that are happening. So what's the positive that comes out of that? I mean, not necessarily physical, but Mm -hmm. is it just a general self-awareness? Is it a a, a greater understanding by all that how illnesses and sicknesses and diseases are spread? Do we become a more responsible society that way? What's your observations on that? I will give you a minute to think
1: <laughs> yeah that's a good that's a good one, yeah. I think it does, um you know, like just they the expect the unexpected uh you know, I don't think any of us thought um that you know we wouldn't even be able to i mean no closer than six feet, you know, I can't even get my roots done, I can't right, like really, are you sure it's six feet are you sure it's not length like, like my arm you know like it does I think it is it's sobering is the word that comes to mind it's it's really sobering to think will we stop shaking hands as a society will we not I mean I'm a hugger I've always been a hugger and I can't ever envision not being a hugger Mm -hmm. I don't know I don't know how this will impact that
2: yeah I feel the same way I I feel it will impact us and I'm fearful of that because I am also a hugger um I I, was never a germaphobe but I did think about stuff like that with the shaking of hands, but now to think about it when you're told, have you ever been like, something has been okay all this time, you've never really cared to do it, but then as as somebody tell you, you can't, it's like, I can't do that now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that's what I think when we're thinking like, we won't be able to shake hands. So how do I greet, um, mm-hmm. you know, individuals that, you know, I'm doing business with and when I'm at work, you know, to me, that's a connection that I immediately make with someone just by a sense of touch. You know, or when I greet my friends, I can't give them that hug anymore because I have to think in the back of my mind, oh my God, you know, it's a scary thought. But again, you know, just expecting unexpected and being able to just roll with it. Roll with
0: the changes as it comes. This is James Keene, Director of Development at Metro Inclusive Health. You are listening to one of the many ways that support from our donors and sponsors help enable us with the ability to deliver important programming and information to our community help us if you can keep our programming live you could buy this spot and share your message with our community We got a little off the, the coping for couples there a little bit, but I am, you know, mm-hmm. an event pal packs us as individuals, but I did want to kind of get back to the whole relationship idea. Mm-hmm. There's always an experienced marriage counselor. I mean, I've always heard the statistic that 50% of marriages end up in divorce. Is that a correct statistic, Laura? I mean, is that actual?
1: I think it's a little higher now. Um, oh yeah. Actually.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I wow. To
1: say. Uh, yeah. However, uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of things that go into that, um, you know, and we could go into, you know, marriage and what creates a healthy marriage and um, healthy partnerships. I think the, the biggest piece of this is, as we sort of started to talk about before, increased patience, increased tolerance that this is a stressful time. Um, we, in, in times of distress, all of our, sometimes our uh, not our prettiest qualities come out. Um, I'll say, you know, some of the the messy parts as I call them. And, (laughs) you know, my messy parts have shown too in my relationship recently. And unless somebody is unsafe, unless somebody is... truly in harm's way, um, either emotionally or physically, this is not the time to make big relationship decisions. It's not the time to make big de- big decisions at all.
0: In general, right. Particularly yeah.
1: in, in terms of a relationship. You know, when you were mentioning divorces coming out of China, I'm sure there are, and and maybe many of those relationships wouldn't have succeeded, and this has just kind of spurred them on, and it's happening more quickly.
0: But they probably were headed for it anyways. I'm sure you're saying, been, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> could have
1: been, truly. Um,
0: yeah, just expedite it a little bit. Um, yeah.
1: yeah. In terms of routine difficulty, I'm sorry to interrupt. No. This is there is gonna be difficulty now. And mm-hmm. just because your partner is showing um, behaviors that are not tolerable, I mean every relationship, even long term healthy partnerships, have points of disagreement and points of argument that are permanent. Um, so what, one of the ways that I do therapy is through a model that shows there are unsolvable arguments and then there are solvable arguments, but every right. couple has unsolvable arguments.
0: So we got. It. So how do you get on the other side of that then? So we talked a like a little bit about self-realization. So, you know, I need to realize I'm getting angry. I need to take that walk. I need to have that routine that, that, that prevents it from happening. You know, what about the one that's on the other side that may be receiving some of the anger? What's the what's the point at which you say, "Hey, you're really taking this out on me"? How does one handle that? You know, how, how do you help that other person self actual self realize?
1: Yeah, I think it's a really good idea to have right now, especially um, a regular relationship check in, um, mm. just healthy. Hey, we're spending a whole lot of time together that we didn't used to. <laughs> how are we doing <laughs> with this? <laughs> and have we a planned event. And, and a time-limited event. We're going to spend a half an hour talking or an hour talking, and then we're going to table everything else until next week when we come back and do this again, or until next, you know, whatever, three days from now when we do it again. So
0: literally talk about it. Schedule a time to talk about just a back-and-forth dialogue. You did, and, then, and is it okay at that point to say, you know, you did this thing a couple of days ago that really made me upset, or is that triggering a button?
1: Absolutely. Um, this is a time, w- if you're going to have a relationship check-in, you're committing to hearing what your partner has to say and not judging it, but accepting it as their experience. Um, you know, I there was, said something to my partner, and and then I pulled back and I apologized for it. And he said, what are you talking about? And I said, well, and we're, we haven't been seeing each other all that long. So I said, oh, I kind of felt like I was short with you there. And he said, oh, I didn't take it that way at all. So there, I just addressed it in the moment because I'm in the moment.
0: But that's great because, you know, that is avoiding self-guilt, right? You could have lived with something and felt bad about it for a while, where on the other side, you know, you're especially in a newer relationship where you're starting to, everybody has a different tolerance level, as it were, you know, as it were. Um, What about, I I read somewhere that the big thing is scheduling. If you're going to have a fight, schedule it. If you're going to have an (laughs) argument, schedule it. That was bizarre to me because, I mean, an argument is so heat of the moment. I you know, you it. want to get it off your <laughs> chest. you want to do it now? I, 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 is it just like, okay, don't stop. Let's not do this now. Let's hear. Are you open Wednesday at three? Let's pick this up then. <laughs> I mean, how does it work? I mean, is this a real thing? You should schedule an argument? I'm not, a, I'm not an expert in any way in, in, in that
2: field, but I just know in my experience, now that I'm, when I look back on arguments, I'm like, maybe if I did schedule, it, I could have wrote down my points and I would have been able to really, and not so much as it being an argument, but to really be able to be clear on how I felt and why I felt that way and what what he had done to make me feel that way instead of really screaming and yelling. Mm-hmm. And we were doing this for about an hour and a half to two hours probably spoiled our whole weekend and there was still no resolve. So mm-hmm. when, she, when you said that, Brian, I was like, maybe I should. I've heard
1: of that idea. Yeah. The thing with scheduling, you know, certainly it sounds awkward and, and is awkward to say, oh, you know what? Tuesday at what do you have on, you know? (laughs) Yes. But I think that what, what people are getting at and the idea behind that is to say, you know what, I'm really heated right now. I might say Mm -hmm. things I'm going to regret. I might not express myself as well. And with the respect for this relationship that I know I have, that I've been committed to all this time. And I want to think through what I'm going to say. And I know from previous times we've done this, that it might be good for both of us to think through what we're going to say, because an argument you know, your partner in an argument, there's a behavior, there's something that someone one of you did. And then there's how you feel about it. But generally, it's how you feel about it that you really want to communicate. Gee, I felt ignored. Gee, I felt unloved. I felt, um, I don't know, give me some, Yeah. you know, I, I unheard. Yes. misunderstood.
0: Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. That's not what I said. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. All of those. You're too sensitive.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, right. That's a good one. Um, But taking the time so you can think through that, and then really when you do sit down to have the talk about whatever you're arguing about, you really have boiled it down because you Mm -hmm. have time to cool off and reflect and say, Oh, yeah. And,
0: you know, that makes sense because it Mm -hmm. really, so that's very, that's very, that's a very Mm -hmm. interesting perspective because... Mm -hmm. Maybe the whole idea of scheduling an argument is so the argument doesn't happen, Mm -hmm. right? It's more well thought out at that point.
2: Mm -hmm. More of a discussion sounds like by the time Uh you have it or negotiation.
0: One of the things too, uh, I keep trying to get back to this, and 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 we keep uh, we we keep getting some other good things to talk about. But that like relationships. So we always talk about if you've been in a. My partner and I have been together for 17 years this year, Um, and and thank you, thank you. Uh, And there's always talk about how to keep a relationship fresh, you know, Um, and we all have to work at that. It's not just during something like this, but, you know, um, something that happened between us uh, the other day that, you know, it's not that it's never, ever happened, but it was very interesting is... Um, I was making dinner, um, which we split that duty, but typically I'm, I enjoyed doing the dinner duties. It just kind of winds me down at the end of the day. And, um, I, and I said, you know, why don't you come talk to me while I'm making dinner for a while? Right. And, and so it was just really fresh. Like all of a sudden we just kind of had this conversation. So I kind of wonder when they talk about keeping our relationship fresh and it is, it is very hard to do, right. Cause we get so into patterns as we get so comfortable with each other. Um, does a situation like this provide an opportunity to do those keep it fresh sort of things, or is it just too much stress to think about?
1: Well, um, but both. Um, uh, it, like you said, a simple thing like, hey, come talk to me while I make dinner, is, I mean, that's fresh, believe it or not.
0: <laughs> yeah, have, right, like,
1: yeah. All you after 17 years. So yeah. Yeah, we do get in our routine. So fresh doesn't mean, you know, go to Zimbabwe together, fresh from <sighs> me, just something different in your day-to-day, All right. like you said.
0: And um, not necessarily sexual. I mean, sexual is good, but it's more relationship-based, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, and I, I feel you both
2: on that. Um, we uh, here, we spend a lot of time in separate rooms because we're like two polar opposites. We watch two totally different things. We like two totally different types of music. But, in his time it's it's best to take advantage of that too, so i I need to come into his world sometime, you know um once a week, let me go in here and watch anime with him, you know, but you know, but I'm really trying, you know, and I'm really invested in him He does the same for me. he's the cooker um, I don't really do much of the cooking, I know how to, but I prefer to just sit back and let the you know the good meals roll um but I will come in the kitchen sometime and not be in the kitchen because that's really his area, but just to share space with him sometimes, so
0: it is. Like, well, like, like, so like in that conversation situation, what are other like small baby steps to keeping it fresh? Any other thoughts about that, Laura, what people can do? It's like, just dip your toe in the water of freshness. How does it work?
1: (laughs) Oh, see, I'm a, you know, when I think about keeping a relationship fresh, I think of thoughtful little things, um, Mm -hmm. because most of the time in relationships, it's the little things anyways. Sure. Um, So for me, um, Somebody pulling out my coffee cup and and pouring my cup of coffee for me in the morning, you know, not doctoring it because I know how I like it and I don't want you to put thank you, but thank you, you know, (laughs) you just make the coffee. That's good. But, you know, I could easily make my own coffee, but that was a thoughtful, nice little thing. Um, Starting the shower when you know your your partner is going to get up and, you know, it takes a minute for the water to warm up or cool down. You know, just little thoughtful things, Um, Mm -hmm. putting a love note. You know, and I mean all these things that we don't think of in our relationship.
0: Taking notes,
1: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like writing it down. Good love notes,
0: <laughs> love um, note. Turn on shower.
1: Turn on shower. <laughs> <laughs> Play. Start playing your your partner's favorite music. You know, like for shard. You're saying you guys are opposites, so turn on one of his favorite songs and just start mm-hmm. dancing with. You know, I mean,
0: eight. right, right. Those so, are. Great. Yeah, uh, Prashard, you said uh, your partner's into anime. You're a DC Comics guy, aren't you? Yes, I am. Oh, okay. All right. So, and he's like Japanese anime style? Yeah,
2: he's Japanese anime. And so we're like back and forth sometimes. (laughs) But we can go all day. So we can talk about them both all day. So that's the beauty of it.
0: So from experience, I'll ask him from a perspective of an expert uh, in marriage counseling and, and myself and Prashard, and experience, is a healthy relationship really about? I mean, is ground zero communication, or is it more empathy, or is it a little bit of both?
1: Can I do none of the above?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I failed that test. Oh my god! Start over.
1: Those are two things but um, so communication for sure, empathy absolutely. Uh-huh. But the the foundation of a healthy relationship is trust.
0: Right.
1: Um, yeah. You can't have trust without communication, mm. without empathy, mm. and communication and empathy build trust, mm-hmm. um, but trust really is the foundation, and there's trust that
0: mm-hmm. your partner
1: is genuinely not trying to hurt you, that during this time when the irritability comes up or the snappiness you know, manifests, then we can say, I trust that you really weren't trying to hurt my feelings, even though you were totally being thoughtless at that
0: moment. And and, and trust is more than just, I know you're not cheating on me. Trust is down to minute, you know, and I think that's, you know, um, I, you know, I I wouldn't mind hearing you talk a little bit about what trust really means. Cause I think people have a perception of what trust is, you know, it's like, I'm doing something behind somebody's back, but that's not necessarily what trust means. is it? Mm -hmm.
1: Trust is bigger than that. Trust is, um, I trust that my emotions, that my heart, um, that my likes, my dislikes are safe with you. You're not going to tell somebody my secrets. You're going to take my feelings seriously, um, and not tease me or make fun of me about them. Um, trust is trust is safety, really. Um, mm-hmm. in, in physical ways, absolutely, that somebody's not going to harm us. Um, but you know, and you know, I've heard people say to me, "Well, you know, he doesn't hurt me. He pays the bills. He goes to work. He this. He that. She this. She that. Whoever it is." Mm-hmm. But that doesn't—that's not love. I mean, love is trusting your world, your your sacred, right? This sacred self that we all have with another being, and knowing that that person is going to carry it around as though they were carrying something. Mm-hmm. I hesitate so, to say gentle and fragile, but gentle and fragile, right? Yes. We
0: all—we all, all are at the end of the day in our own mm-hmm. ways, right? Yeah. Um, I was surprised to see that that article had said uh domestic abuse instances had increased. But my guess is if you know it's domi- domestic abuse happens, you're in the wrong relationship And from the get-go. Is that a misnomer?
1: It's not a misnomer. Um domestic abuse or interpersonal violence um is unacceptable, no mm-hmm. matter what, or none. Um in Pinellas and Hillsborough counties here, we have agencies that specialize in, you know, domestic and interpersonal violence. It's never okay. It's not okay whether it's verbal and words. It's not okay whether it's physical, whether it's sexual, whether it's, you know, controlling behavior that isolates you slowly, slowly from friends and loved ones. Um, and it is on the increase now. Um, and I think that, you know, this is a recipe for it, that everybody has to stay at home. Um mm-hmm. There's counseling. Uh, Metro offers counseling. We offer counseling couples and individual. For interpersonal violence, we wouldn't want to see a couple together, but um, I encourage anybody who's in um, an unsafe relationship in any of those ways to seek assistance from outside.
0: Mm. And, and you said something very interesting there. Violence is not always physical. Correct. Yeah, it's also verbal. So um, one last subject I want to get to, uh, and this was on the list to talk about, and that's Sex. So uh, one of the notes I hear, everybody wants their sex life to be more exciting. Same as the above is their opportunity during this pandemic while we're um, uh, uh, sequestered to do things and to explore more sexual, uh, you know, excitement. I've got here bullets, toys, costumes, role play. Mm-hmm. Openly discuss fantasies and watch and discuss porn. I think I'm blushing already. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say about that, Rashard?
2: Well, I mean, I think this is just like everything else, we're keeping and spicy in our relationship is the same thing. You know, this is another part of our relationship that I don't know about you but for me it plays a very big part. Um, some more than other, but um, it's it's a huge role. So why not want to keep the fire going? Why not want to still explore, maybe take it back to the old school, do some of those things that maybe you did when you first started dating. You know, maybe you were sexting or something like that because you were trying to hold out or something, you know, something to just spark that flame again. So I think that is, I think that's a great uh, list there. I might have to copy some of that stuff myself.
0: <laughs> So what about that? So so sexting was one of the things that was on there too. I didn't read it because I thought, well, how are you going to sex somebody from the other room? Is that how it works?
2: Well, you know, (laughs) so I think that it also depends on where they may be in their sexual relationship too, because you may have individuals who um, might not even live together, but they are, you know, sexual partners. Um, Mm -hmm. So the fact that they are distant from one another, you know, throughout the majority of the week, they may not want to get together and just like, literally just be physical um so they may do like some type of social distance type of sexual engagement so you know and nowadays we have facetime
0: and all kinds of stuff stuff. um toys costumes and role play is it is is there a comfort zone you have to be Uh, I mean, is there an initial discussion that needs to happen before you go down this road? How do you approach sort of these things? You know, if you've been doing things in the missionary position for a while in a long relationship, how do you break it up? You know, where does that conversation start?
2: Yeah, I mean, just like anything else that you're going to introduce to your relationship that's new, you have to converse about it. You have to talk about it. Um, And I normally would suggest that type of conversation to be happening in the beginning of the relationship so it doesn't seem so abnormal or unconventional when it actually is the time to incorporate something new. Um, So if you start in the beginning and finding that comfortability and talking about your sexual practices and, and preventative measures as well, everything, because it can be really fun talking about all of this exciting stuff. But then when it comes down to talking about the preventative parts and testing and things like that, it gets really, really uncomfortable. So, you know, trying to have a well balanced sexual health conversation or a sexual conversation in the beginning and keeping that communication going will really help, especially when we get in these times
0: so yeah, and on that point, what about someone who is maybe in sort of somewhat of a young relationship um and and just ex- was just kind of sort of getting hot and heavy at this point I mean, is uh hooking up still a thing to do, or where do you draw the line at um when it's safe or when it's not, do you hold back? Or if you can't hook up, it's not the time to hook up, then what do you do?
2: Well, I would suggest if you can hold back, hold back. <laughs> I
0: mean, yeah. um,
2: um, the social distancing uh, directives really are no joke. So, of course, when it comes to sex, that you're sharing basically everything um, and hopefully using protection and uh, barriers. But it, if you're going to do it, because I tried to look up anything I could find, I was like, what are they going to tell us when it comes down to sex and, you know, COVID? Um, And I saw a episode of Extra, just like a little small clip where Dr. Oz is on there, and I just love Dr. Oz, so, Um, and uh, there was another official, and I can't remember his name, but they talked about it briefly about hooking up, and, you know, they spoke about those partners who are, couple. They've already been uh, in a relationship. They've been together some time. They already share each other's space. So the risk is probably minimal there. Um, Because if someone had it, you probably, you know, went through it, gotten better, stuff like that. But for those who are in most fresher relationships, um, you know, considering the fact that that would put you at a higher risk by engaging in sex, especially if it's not the same person, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're interacting with other people, so it might be a time to really consider, do we really need to do this right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, like Laura said, this isn't the time to really make really drastic decisions about relationships, you know. So if sex um, was something that was a big decision already, you might not want to do that right now under these circumstances.
0: Okay, got it. So as tough as that can be. <laughs> if, what, if you're in a new relationship and it was, didn't get quite that far enough to know if it's safe or not, especially because like you said, I mean... You can kiss somebody and give them this. You can be a foot away from them and give it to mm-hmm. them. What's some of the alternatives for a healthy distance hooking up uh, scenario? It's still possible. You can do yeah. some things, right? Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, we, we do sexual health groups. And um, we talked about some of this last week. And it was actually fun thinking about some of the things that you, you, know, you can do. And it was like, oh, I never thought about that. Um, you know, Things like uh, role plays, like you said. Um, we have, you know, technology so we can call one another. We can FaceTime one another. Um, there was a video that we showed on YouTube and YouTube believe it or not has a few videos right now about how people can be safe and still hook up during COVID and phone sex was a really big thing. Mm-hmm. Like literally, like even just separating and going in different rooms and doing phone sex was something that, you know, can create that fire again, stimulate you, all of that good stuff. Um, And it's kind of like nostalgic a little bit, you know, thinking about for me, because I'm an 80s baby, the 90s raised me, so didn't really have a lot of technology like that back then. Phone sex was really what we had. I shouldn't have been doing it, but, you know, phone sex was a thing back then. So now to be able to have to, or not have to, but to possibly go back to it and use that as a technique is cool. Right.
0: And uh, Zoom sex now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) you you can actually
0: see each other for god's sakes right Mm -hmm. while you're doing it um (laughs) so uh, a couple of things you know and i just want to do this is personal perspective and we'll go around Mm the room um two things uh, in a relationship recommendations for activities you can do together well just little things come off the top of your head two or three
2: well cooking is one i love to eat i love cooking um board games and reading time, believe it or not, setting scheduled times to read a book together, I think is cool.
0: Oh, do you read it to each other? Do yeah. You read a book together. Oh, yeah.
2: Well, we, we, if we have the same book, if we have like a, a few books that are the same, and we'll just, you know, I'll read this chapter, you read this chapter. You know, it's just like an opportunity for us to be able to read the same material. All right. Laura, what would you
0: say?
1: Well, one of the things we're doing is um, he cooks and I don't. I am learning how to cook. So we go in the kitchen, we try a new recipe together and I'm learning and I'm a big foodie. Mm. And so I'm interested in trying this, that, the other thing. And so you can get your groceries delivered. So, so cooking for me is one of them. And of course, eating is the second one.
0: Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> but you can't have one without the other. That's right, for sure. Right.
1: Mm. Um, uh, you know, and I, you know, I, I would love to say I do it more, but um, we've talked about going and taking a bike ride together. Um, yeah. mm. I know there's walks and bike rides and da 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 blah, 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 blah. Um, I like the idea. And one thing I think we're going to do is since we are newer, we haven't gone on a lot of vacations. I want to plan a really awesome vacation together.
0: Right. So uh, just to circle it out, mine obviously are cooking. Um, the other one we've uh, sort of carved out some time for here is talking about hopes and dreams in the future. Mm-hmm. What does the future look like? That sort of thing. So that's been really good. So one thing I wanted, before we go, because we're, we're running a little bit long here is, is, if you're having trouble, there's no shame in asking for help, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's plenty of opportunity out there. And what would you say to someone, Laura, who's kind of struggling or a couple who's a little bit struggling? Reach out.
1: Reach out. It's so geographic. And when I lived in San Diego, everybody had a therapist. If you didn't have a therapist, it was like, well, do you want the name of Ma? Like, everybody had a <laughs> It's cultural. It's, it's mm-hmm. geographic. It's geographic. I mean, having a therapist is so nurturing and soothing. So yeah, absolutely reach out. You don't have to have a major mental health concern to be able to benefit or to have somebody just listen to you and only give you thoughts about you for a solid hour.
0: That's it. You know, that's to me. It's like, who doesn't want to be listened to, right? For God's yeah. sakes, you know? And, and you know, no, 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 no. I didn't want, I didn't ask what you were talking about. Listen to me a little bit, <laughs> right? That's it, Right. right. All right, so uh, let's wrap that up. I think it's Friday. I'm going to go coat with a cocktail now. I don't know what you guys are planning on doing. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening today. Um, This is Inclusivity and Beyond, uh, Mm. the second in our series of Love and Sex in the Age of Coronavirus. Next week, we'll be doing um, Still as Fine as a Glass of Wine, Taking Mm. Care of You. That sounds yeah. very, very nice. And you can watch us live every Friday on Facebook when there's not technical difficulties. But if there is, you can always listen to us on uh, podcasts, which is now streaming on uh, Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts. So look at us. We're growing up in the world. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you, everybody, else. And we'll see you, you uh, next time.
2: All right. Thank you Bye so everybody. much.
0: Have a good right. one. Thank you. Been listening to Inclusivity and Beyond with Metro Inclusive Health, subjects that impact the health and wellness of our community. Want to hear us cover a subject in the future? Email us at LGBTQ at MetroTampaBay.org. For sponsorship information, contact James K at MetroTampaBay.org.